Good morning, everybody. It is an absolute privilege to be here this morning to get to speak with you. I do honor your pastor and his family for the great years that they have been here and, and sacrificed so much. Being a pastor, being a, a family of a pastor, my, my father is a pastor and all my uncles by blood are pastors and, and it's not always easy. It's, it's not always simple and when you have a growing church and a, a large church that is making a difference in the community, that is a, uh, that is something to be proud of and it's, but it's not an easy thing to do. In fact, one of the things we, Christy and I, uh, developed a list early on saying, uh, what, what is it as we, as we felt like God was leading us into our next, what does that next look like? And, and so we, we wrote some things out and there's a, there's a 40 point uh, list that was established before we ever got to meet uh, McCord Road. And, and one of those was that the church would have a good reputation in the community. And so we walked into your office and you literally have a, an award for being <laughs> a church that has a good reputation in your community. And so uh, that was pretty impressive right there. No, I, I was impressed. And I do, I do, uh, you have been very warm and very hospitable and I appreciate that. I did have one gentleman after the first service come to me and ask, you know, um, is that fairly typical of how you speak? Or did you just pull out your best one for us this morning? <laughs> so things can get a little direct in Ohio, I <laughs> it seems. <laughs> I, don't, I told him I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I'm not trying to do my worst. Let's, let's, uh, let's just put that out there, you know. I, I'm trying... <laughs> Trying to be halfway decent, I guess. Um, but anyway, it's just an honor. And to meet all the staff and, and everybody, I was really blown away by a lot of your young people yesterday. Had the privilege to meet with JP and several of the young people and, and talk to their leadership team and, and just impressed by the heart that they have and, and the leadership that's there and, and so on. That was a, a blessing to me and, and, and just cool to see. They can't, they didn't, I expected to have to try to draw things out of them. Mm-mm. No, there was no drawing. It came out free flowing. It was, it was like a spring of living water coming, flowing out of them. And it was great. I, I really was blessed by it. But I want to just take a few minutes here and talk to us about the Word of God. And I know, I know you're looking at me and you're trying to determine if I'm weird or not. <laughs> and Pastor Andy already told me that you are weird. So that's clear. But, but what we need really, above all else, we need to know the will and the plan of God. And we need, we need God to, to direct us and give us peace and, and comfort and, and joy. And so in this process of doing, of seeking that, I just ask us to all, all turn our attention to the Lord right now. And let's just let the Spirit of God talk to us and speak to us through His Word. And we're in this series called Together overcoming loneliness in a crowded world. And they gave me the opportunity to, to choose whatever topic I'd like to speak on, but we just went ahead and, and flowed in with what you are talking about because I think this is applicable to the world that we're in right now and, and what, we're, what we're doing. Because, because really we're, we're trying to see what it means to work and live together, to be together. Uh, a lot of us 
a lot of folks in our world are, are, are wanting relationship, but they feel like they don't really have it, and, and, and they're disappointed in the level of relationship that they have. And it's often because they're, they're not receiving from the relationships around them what they really expected to receive or, or desired to, to receive. And so they're in a crowded world, and they feel like they're standing all alone. And if that's you this morning, then I believe the scripture has some words for you that will help you. And we're going to look at our biblical cornerstone of, of this thing in relationship out of Galatians or chapter number six. And we're using the word, Pastor Andy used it a moment ago, the word reciprocity. The word reciprocity uh, means that there are two parties that are each benefiting from something. Each of them are exchanging things for the benefit of everyone. And some of you have participated in reciprocity and maybe not even realized it. When you, for instance, walked into Starbucks and you, you gave them $40 and they handed you a small coffee. And <laughs> they got rich and you got caffeinated. And, and it was a win-win for everybody. We're all happy you're caffeinated and they're happy they're making money. It, it, it's, all, it's all mutually beneficial. But, but the two parties must be able to sow in or, or give to one another. And when I think about reciprocity, I, I often it's easy to think about a bicycle. And because, because it works on the process of or the theory of reciprocity and, 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 and how it works. Um, I had ideas about like riding down the stairs and things like that, but I'm not sure what the healthcare is like in Ohio just yet. So I'm just uh, want to be careful. But but how it works is this: right now the rider is putting power into this pedal, and, and the pedal is receiving that power, and then the pedal is giving that power to the shaft, and then that shaft is giving that power to that gear, and then the gears are giving that power to that chain. And that chain is now giving the power to the rear gears, which are then transferring the power to the tire. And right now, this tire is just taking and taking and taking and taking. Some of you have people in your lives that are a lot like this tire right now. They're just taking, taking, taking. And as long as this tire remains still, it's not participating in reciprocity of relationship. But as soon as this tire begins to move forward... Then and spin, then everybody begins to move forward. And now reciprocity is, in, is, is enacted. Everybody moves forward when reciprocity is involved or engaged in the relationship. Everything moves forward. Nobody feels like they're lacking. Everybody gets to move forward and participate in something good and beneficial in their lives. Scriptures talks about it this way. Paul addresses it in Galatians chapter 6. He said, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. It's not a maybe. You will. It's a promise that you will plant. You will harvest rather what you plant. The King James, I grew up on the King James version of the Bible, and it would say something like, you will reap what you sow. Or you will sow, uh, you, yeah, you will harvest what you sow. In this bike illustration, we, we saw that power was sown and forward momentum was reaped, was harvested. And we know that if we, if we plant an apple seed, that we will get an apple tree. 
We know that if we get, if we plant corn, if we sow corn, we're going to receive a corn crop. The fact is, if somebody said, I'm going to sow corn, but they were expecting to reap beans, we would call that crazy. It wouldn't make any logical sense. But yet, so often in relationships, we don't get what we think we should from the relationship, but never connect it or equate it to the seed that we're sowing. We're getting beans. We wanted corn, and we can't figure out why. Years ago, I was in the grocery store shopping, and and you know how in the grocery store you get into this pattern where you go down this aisle and you come around the aisle, and, and, and everybody, you know, every once in a while you have somebody that's kind of in the same pattern as you are, so you see them in the grocery store on, on many aisles, and eventually you have to at least say hello because it's kind of rude to just keep walking by the same exact person and never say hello. And then after a while it's like, hello, hello. Then you got to ask them their name and where they're from, and you got to, you know, all that. That would just be weird. But the... Uh, but <clears throat> We were walking and there was a woman there with her daughter and the carriage. And, and I said, hello. But as we're going along, the daughter is going, I want that. And 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 the mother was going along going, no, 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 no. Well, finally, this little girl had heard the word no one too many times. And so she said, mom, I want those beep chips. I know. (laughs) And her mother came down and got right in her face and said, How many times have I told you not to beep, 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 swear? I know. (laughs) See, she was wanting to plant profanity and reap pure language. But it never works that way. It never, ever works that way. So I want to tell you today, and I want to really want us to grasp this morning, is that reciprocity always begins with you. Always begins with you. So we're going to apply this principle to our lives by unpacking three different thoughts here this morning. And the first thought is this, your harvest results from God's justice. It's the justice of God at work in your life. Paul links the justice of God with the harvest that comes from planting seed. See, God began all of this in creation way back at the beginning of it all. And then he kind of solidified it in explanation in Genesis chapter number 6, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter number 8. And, 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 and he said there's going to be a seed time and there's going to be a time of harvest. That's how it's all going to work as long as the earth remains. That was his process. That was his plan. So if we are not planting any seed but expecting a harvest, we would be doing what Paul writes and says, listen, that is, that is mocking the justice of God. That's not taking it seriously. But it's equally mocking of the justice of God to plant one seed expecting to reap another harvest, another type of harvest. It's just right that you reap what you have planted. It's just That that's how it works. That's why a harsh answer will produce a harsh response. 
A harsh statement always produces a harsh response. It's why a smile can reap a smile. Christy and I used to go uh, walk in the, uh, downtown Chicago, and, and in downtown Chicago, it's not known, you know, they don't call Chicago the friendly city. And it's not the friendly city. But, but I'm, just a, I'm just a smiley guy. I like to smile. I smile at everybody. And, and, and so I've walked, if, I, if I'm in an elevator with you, I'm going to say, hey, how are you doing? You're doing all right? So what what you know, floor are you going to? And are you having a great day? And my wife says, says would you please shut up? You know? <laughs> They don't want to talk to you. That's what you don't get. They don't want to talk to you. I just believe they do. So we're all good. So, uh, so I, I'd walk down the streets of, of Chicago and I'd say, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello. It got tiring after a while, but just hello. Good morning. And do you know that even on the streets of Chicago, people would smile back and say hello back. And, and you know, it wasn't that rough of a city after all. Not if you're willing to sow something good. Expecting to sow seeds of anger and derision and then reap love and loyalty? It's not going to work. Speaking criticism into your family and expecting them to, 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 to speak back words of honor and encouragement is never going to work. It doesn't work that way. Now, we've mentioned improper reciprocal relationships, but let's also understand that because of how reciprocity works, it is absolutely right that you expect a good harvest from the good things that are planted. This is why the Bible tells us, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. You sow the seeds of faith and, and loyalty and love and belief in Christ. And, and eventually, those seeds are going to reap a harvest in the life of your children. That is the promise of God. It's reciprocity at work in your life. And some of you are sitting here going, yes, that's absolutely right. I see it. I believe that. But others, you're having a tough time understanding that or believing that. You're not really ready to just jump all in on that concept because you have planted good seed in your life. You, you have given love, but you haven't really received everything back from that that you thought you would. And so you're discouraged and you're frustrated. You, you know, you were friendly to your neighbors. And then when your grass got an eighth inch too tall, they called the HOA and they told them all about it. You, you ask your children, you know, you, you give them food, you give them love. And yes, you even gave them life. But you ask them to do one chore around the house. And it's as if you're destroying their very being. Oh, yeah. Maybe you put in an extra hours at work and you're really sacrificing for the company and you're trying to do a good job for the boss, but, but it's never, ever, ever comp- commented on or it's certainly not rewarded in your life. And so it it's just gets frustrating. And I'm asking you this morning, I'm encouraging you this morning, don't get discouraged by it. You may be reaping a harvest from an area that you are simply not aware of. An unexpected area of harvest in your life. I want you to notice the words of Paul. Sometimes in Scripture, what Scripture doesn't say in comparison to what the Scripture does say can give us a little bit of insight on some things. Paul says, you will always reap what you sow. He does not say you will always reap where you sow. 
You could be sowing in one area of life and be reaping a harvest from another. This is why Jesus could say to his disciples, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. They were reaping a harvest that they didn't work for, reaping a harvest that they did not plant. But Jesus never told them that they did not have to plant at all. They had to plant. But their harvest that was coming in was not from the soil that they had sown into. And that's difficult for us to understand because logic dictates that before we plant this seed, let's, let's first analyze the soil. Let's see what kind of a harvest we can expect from this particular soil. Let's see what we can, let's see what we can get before we're going to invest ourselves into sowing good seed into that soil. But God works on a much grander scale. And what he says to us today is he said, listen, maybe the soil will be benefited from the seed that you have planted into it. But your harvest is not dependent on the soil. Your harvest is dependent on the process that I have put into place. Trust me. For your harvest. Remember this morning that that you are planting with a promise of harvest. You have a promise. You will always harvest what you plant. And I'll tell you this. One who plants good things freely will never walk alone. And that leads us into our second thought. And that is the harvest reveals the character of the sower. Of the sower. Relationship issues often reveal more about us than they really do about the people around us and around us rather. And, and you know this really to be true because that's why you pull up to an event and before you get out of the car, you turn around to your children and you say, if you misbehave in this event, your life will be over. <laughs> you're not worried about the people that you're there to see killing them. You're going to take care of that yourself when you leave the event if they don't behave themselves properly. Why? Because you know when your child goes in there and starts acting like crazy and, and doing things that kids do and, and, and what have you, that those folks, when you walk out that door, they're not going to say, wow, I can't believe little Johnny did all that. And my goodness, little Johnny really needs to learn. What they're going to say is, I cannot believe his parents allowed him to... Your harvest is reflecting you. It's impacting how others see you. So that means I can't avoid responsibility in my life for either the good things or the bad things that come out of a relationship. If drama is going on in every relationship you have, then that means you are sowing the seeds of drama somewhere in your life. If you're tired of criticism and critique being leveled at you, I can promise you, you are giving it somewhere. You are sowing seeds of critique and criticism somewhere in your life. It's coming back to you. Refusing... To recognize this reality is like the farmer who, who is, keeps reaping beans but keeps insisting that he's sowing corn. I am sowing corn, but beans keep coming up. Well, somebody's lying. It's either the, the, the seed is misrepresenting what it is, or, or the farmer is misrepresenting what he's doing. 
If you're lonely, but you can't seem to bring in a harvest of friendship in your life, then I'm, I'm encouraging you this morning to check the seed from your life. It might mean that you need to change your approach somewhat in how you're dealing with the people around you. It might help to smile. Sometimes. How are you dealing with the people around you? Maybe you need to read some self-help books on on how to develop friendships. One self-help book, it says this, if a man's going to have friends, he must show himself friendly. You say, well, that doesn't sound like a self-help book. That sounds like the Bible. Hey, it is. And if you apply it, it will help you. If you sow friendliness, you will reap relationship and friendliness. So your job and my job today is to sow right seed and God's process will produce the harvest. So keep sowing in your life. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not reaping the thing that I want. That's okay. Keep sowing. Sow love, even if love's not being returned to you. Sow grace out of your life, even if anger is the thing that you're seeing come from your world most often. Sow peace, even when craziness is happening. Don't stop sowing, because it's from your seed that you sow that you will reap a harvest. The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Well, I've seen so many situations in my life where somebody came to me all ramped up and ready to, ready to go to war. And just the simple phrase of, I understand what you're saying, calmed everything down. Not because that's the greatest phrase ever known to man. It was just a soft answer. But there's only one person who can choose the seed that you plant. It's not your mama. It's not your daddy. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your spouse. The one person who can choose the seed you plant is you. And that leads us to our third thought this morning, and that is you choose the change. You choose it. It's your choice. Here's a powerful statement, and I don't know if you, if you take notes or if you take a picture of the screen. I don't care how you get it, but it would be great to capture it for yourself to reference back in the next few days and weeks and months and even years. But if you don't like the harvest, change the seed. Well, that's just so simple, Micah. And that's true, it is. But it's a simple and powerful reality that we overlook so often. If we, if we, if we plant the wrong seed out of ignorance, that's sad. I've seen people caught in a cycle that ignorance has not allowed them to break. Ignorance is just not knowing. They're good people, they just don't know what they could do or or what what, uh, resources they could access. They just don't know. So they keep planting seed out of ignorance that's bringing forth a negative harvest. But if you're planting the wrong seed because you refuse to recognize reality, that's just being stubborn. And stubbornness has destroyed many harvests. When it comes to relationship. 
You can choose this morning to accept the grace of God that He's shining into your life through truth today that says, listen, just change the seed and let me do something great in your life. You get to choose the change that comes into your world. You don't have to be lonely. You can be in strong committed relationships with the people around you. I've been reading the book, uh, The Art of Neighboring, that you folks have been going through. Are y'all okay with y'all? Okay, y'all going to have to get used to that at some point, potentially. So, so uh, I'm reading this, this, this book, The Art of Neighboring, and, and really, what it, really what it comes down to is sowing seeds and letting God bring forth the harvest from it. It's incredible. It can change a neighborhood, it can change a city, it can change a world. There's no limit to what could be changed with the power of God being infused into the seed that's being sown by his people. But nobody else can do it for you. I was talking to a man who's in his mid-40s, mid-30s. He was headed towards 40 and and he was single. And he was saying, he was saying to me, he said, Pastor, I just don't know. You know, I keep praying and asking God to, you know, bring the right woman into my life. And, you know, it just not seem, doesn't seem to be working out. And I just don't know really what to do and, and and how to do it. And so I just asked, you know, the, the first logical question that came to my mind. I said, all right, well, when, what, what was the last date that you went on? And he said, oh, I don't date. <laughs> hmm. We may have put our finger on the problem here. <laughs> this could be the most effective counseling session I've ever done in my life. So I said to him, I said, um, So, you're expecting to sit on your couch, eating Cheetos, in your boxers, watching TV, and God, I was trying to make a point, and God is just going to drop the perfect, godly, loving, beautiful, intelligent woman into the couch next to you, and y'all are going to live happily ever after, apparently on your couch. And he said, I I see your point. (laughs) See, he was afraid to sow any seeds out there, to get out there and put himself out there to where there could be a harvest reaped. Today, you get to choose the harvest that you bring in. Applying this principle to our lives, and Lindsay, if you'd come help me on the keyboard or piano. Applying this principle, it, it means it means deciding to do what's right just because it's right. It, it means being willing to trust God enough to just put yourself out there and sow the seed that he's put into your world. I, I know that that's not always easy. I, in my own world, I, my own life, I, I experienced a time where I was sowing the seeds of honor. And I'm, I'm really big into honor. I, I, I believe honor is a foundational principle of my life. And, and, and I think that it's something that, that not only honors and glorifies God, but something that really in, uplifts others. And it's one of the reasons why I, I honor Pastor Andy and his family uh, so much, because, because I, I sow seeds of honor. What they have accomplished is something that I aspire to in my life, to, to, to see longevity in a place and see God grow and build something beautiful for his kingdom. And, 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 and so I honor that today. 
But I was sowing seeds of honor in my life and, 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 and it came a, a moment whenever, when those that I had honored so, so greatly had an opportunity to reciprocate that into my life and, and they, they stood up one by one and instead of honoring me, they completely dishonored me. And I, and I was hurt. They, they could have blessed me, but instead they didn't. They condemned me and, and I was, I was hurt. I was broken. I was seriously confused. And then they turned to me in the meeting and they said, uh, Micah, do you, do you have anything that you would like to share? Well, in fact, there was. None of them should have been said in church, however. I was mad. And so I got up and I said, I don't know that what I was planning to do was the right thing to do. But what I do know what is right is the Bible says to honor the elders that I work under. And so I submit myself to their decision. I sowed honor that day, even in the face of dishonor. I was 22 years old. And from that day until this, there were 12 men in that room. And all 12 of them have subsequently come to me at one point or another and apologized to me for their actions. I'm thankful to God for that. But somebody says, what kind of seed are you going to sow in your life today? And I can tell you right now, I'm going to sow the seeds of honor. Why? Because I've been honored far more than I deserve in my life. And I have greater relationships in my life than I deserve. I I know me, and I'm not all that great. But, but, But God has blessed me. And so I'm going to keep sowing seeds of honor because the harvest is great. The harvest is great. That's my story, and and you have a story. In fact, everybody in this room has a story. And you might be saying this, and I didn't get to say this in the first service, but I'm going to tell you this. You might be saying, well, Micah, I've been sowing seeds, and I've been sowing seeds, and I've been sowing seeds, and I tell you what, I'm just flat out of seeds. I'm just, I'm tired of sowing. I'm tired of sowing and not seeing a return on it. So what am I supposed to do? I'm ready to just stop. Here's the encouragement that I would have from you from the word of the Lord today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse number 10 says this. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. He who supplies seed to the sower. The sower in this scripture is you. The supplier of seed here is God. So may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, so there is daily provision, even though you're sowing for a day to come, he will give you provision for right now. Supply, that's supplying of the seed, and multiply the seed you have sown. So you're frustrated right now because you're saying, I don't know if the, I don't know if, if the seed that I've put out there is even bringing a harvest and I'm out of seed and I'm tired of it. And what the Lord is telling you and what the Lord is telling me through His Word is, listen, not only will I supply more seed in your life, but I will bring forth a harvest on seed that you have already sown. You could have sown seed 15 years ago. You could have sown seed 50 years ago. I met some people this morning that could have sown seed 80 years ago. 
And you could be reaping a harvest from that seed today. Mm. So I can sow good things freely when I completely trust the Savior. Because he's the supplier of my need, of my seed. The reason God's speaking to you and I about this today is because he loves us. He loves us. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I want you to ask a question, just in your heart. The question is, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me through this sermon? What are you trying to say? Is there a place in my life that I'm where I have not sown right seed and now I'm reaping a harvest that I don't like? Are you trying to encourage me to change the seed of my life? If that's you this morning, I ask you to just own that. Let Him talk to you and touch you. Let Him direct you in your life. But maybe you're in the house today and you've never allowed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. That's where you need to start. And so this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you. In fact, I'm going to ask everybody to pray with me. I'll lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask you to just pray with me. And if you've never allowed him to be your Lord and Savior, that's the seed that you need to sow right now. A seed of faith. And what you're going to reap is salvation. It's the greatest example of reciprocity I can think of. We say, I trust you, Jesus. And he says, and I will save you my child. So this morning, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, nobody's looking around, we're going to pray together. And we're just going to ask the Lord to save us. And if maybe you have, maybe you've done that before. You are a Christian, but you know you've walked away from God and it's time for you to come home. And today is your day. So would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I love you. Just pray with me if you would. Just repeat what I say. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for what you've done for me. I believe that you've lived, that you died, and that you rose again to save me from my sins. So today, I repent of everything I've done wrong, and I turn to you. I thank you and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I am your child and you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just thank God for what he's done in this house this morning? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in this house. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that you shine forth every day. Thank you for your goodness, your peace that's ever present. There's going to be people down at the front of the altar here this morning that are ready to pray with you. And if you have a need in your life, a situation that's going on, I just encourage you to make your way up to, to pray with one of them. They will. You just simply tell them, this is what I need God to do in my life. This is what I'm praying for. Maybe it's a child. Maybe financial issues. Maybe you've got a job situation. It, it could, be a, could be a sickness or an issue going on in your world. I don't know what it is, but God does, and He's here to help you. He's here to touch you. He's here to bless you. And so one of these that are up here will, will, will pray with you 
in just a moment. But I'm going to pray one last prayer over us corporately. And this prayer is just a prayer to say, Lord, I accept what you're doing in my life. I understand reciprocity. And I'm asking you to help me to sow good seed from my life starting today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. That your grace and your peace would be upon each one. Restore seed to those who feel like they've lost it all. I pray as your word, your word says that you will bring forth a harvest from seed that's already been sown in our, from our lives. I'm asking you to give us the courage to keep sowing even when all we seem to look out at is weeds. I'm asking you, mighty God, that your grace and peace would be upon each and every one right now. In the authority of the name of Jesus, amen and amen.